0: I was showering one day and she went down the computer and because I'm not very good <laughs> there were like 100 tabs <laughs> <at the top. laughs> and, and I thought she had like the Holy Spirit with her because she's like, "Mom, I know why you're so sad and I'm like why?" and she goes Hunter's gay and I'm like, "How did you know?" <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, so he got outed from your internet search search history. Yeah, your all money. of that, when, when usually gay boys get uh, outed because of their porn history yeah,
2: <laughs> from yeah. themselves. Was wrong. It I was, was, was your wrong. search history. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Welcome to The Gayly Dose, the weekly podcast made for and by gay men and their allies. We're a podcast with a mission, elevated conversation with the hopes of
3: building a deeper sense of community in the gay world.
2: Ciao, it's time to come take your Gayly Dose.
3: Welcome to The Gayly Dose. This is Helmut lucero Domogolski, and I'm excited today to be bringing you a dose of gay mama with our guest, Jill Rowe. Hey, Jill
0: hey thank you so much for
3: having me hey girl we're so happy to have you <laughs> i'm also here with my friends hey
2: what's going on it's bennett hello it is dante adonis rhodes
3: yes and if you guys will please check us out on all social media at the gaily pod or thegailydose.com feel free to
2: like us and to also buy our merch we just released merch You can also find us anywhere you listen to podcasts by searching The Gayly Dose, and don't forget to give us a five-star review and even a little comment if you like doing that. Thank you. (laughs) Love
0: it, love it.
1: So Jill, our kind of our handshake at The Gayly Dose is to let everybody know what your coming out story is. So since you are not yourself a part of the LGBT community, you are an A, a ally. Um, Tell us about your coming out, and then also your son's coming out as well.
0: All right. So I think those are probably pretty parallel, but I think it's important for the audience to understand. Uh, a lot of times in our household, we say BG and AG before gay, after gay. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I love that. That is everything. That's so, great.
0: BG, um, I was a very orthodox member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints known as the Mormons. Um, I, my husband and I have six children. We are we raised our children in the church. We did everything that the church required of us. Um, I never really thought about the, the LGBTQ issue, to be honest. Yeah. I always felt it was a choice. I felt it was an abomination, and I felt like it was um, something that I didn't really want to think about, you know, because I had all the answers. I mean, to the point that before Prop 8 in California, my husband and I and our children lived in Southern Cal before we moved to Utah, where we um, reside presently. But um, I was in a leadership position. It's called the Relief Society President, and I was in charge of all the women in that congregation. And there was a proposition called Prop 22 at the time, and that was before Prop 8. And I remember very clearly uh, canvassing, I'm getting emotional, my neighborhood with petitions, with my little five-year-old son by my side to protect and uphold traditional marriage. I literally was in the camp where I fought against um, gay marriage. So uh, in 2002, we moved to Utah and just continued raising our children and being completely immersed in the church that we belong to and never really thinking about this topic until November 6, 2011. On that night, um, my son came out to me. And to step back a little bit, he actually came out to my husband first and he actually asked my, se- my husband to please not tell me. Hmm. So switch roles. A lot of times you hear kids come up yeah. to their moms but they don't right. want their dads to know. around. in this case that he told my husband first and, and asked him not to tell me.
1: So, do, so, so just it, to give a little bit of color to that, was it, were, you, were you more of a staunch uh, anti-gay person? I wasn't
0: anti, and that's an important role. I was just misinformed. I was just, I mean, I grew up in the Bay area. I thought I was pretty like open-minded, but over time as a human, we're all indoctrinated with things, whether we realize it or not, it's all in our subconscious. So I wasn't anti, um, but I wasn't, I thought it was a choice. And I thought it was an abomination. And in our church, there really is no kind of plan for the LGBT community. Mm-hmm. Very heavy on traditional marriage, man and woman. We're here to produce. Hey, we had six kids. So yes, you, you, produce, you got that message. She yeah. produced, honey. <laughs>
3: <laughs> she, she can
1: Some do kind
0: it. Of payback. I don't know. But, you know, it just wasn't something. So I wouldn't say I was anti. I definitely was not at rallies fighting against um, gay rights or anything like that. Although, I did participate Petition, yeah. In
1: <laughs> Canvassing, yeah.
0: Isn't that funny, though? I didn't consider myself anti. I just considered myself a really good Christian.
3: Yeah, mm. yeah. yeah. So you, so he, he trusted your husband first. Tell us more yeah. then. How does how does it work for you learning, and, and where did your mind go? Yeah, w- was it the same night
1: that how
0: you find out? How did he tell out? you? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if I can share my son's story, but I guess I can because I gave him birth right?
3: (laughs) Yes. Well, I think he'd he'd approve of it being shared if it was for good, but you know,
0: yeah, I I'll just give a very generic, I won't get into the very sacred details of that weekend, but he did have a friend over and this is how backward we were. You know, we're like, I, I think that person's gay. And I responded this way. I am so glad we have raised our son to love all people.
3: <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like such a Mormon mom, Wait a mom.
0: I overheard one of my friend's mom say this about
2: me when I was in high school, and I was like, "Your son is also gay," but I'm gonna keep that to myself. You
0: know, I was awesome. completely patting myself on the back <laughs> for being that mom that my kid loves all people and so then I went to bed and later on it someone else came by that I guess you know maybe made my husband think this is my husband's story but between you and the rest of the world <laughs> he always um, felt that Hunter was gay
2: Yeah,
0: and he will tell you that he tried to bring that up to me once where I shut it down very quickly mm-hmm. Because to be fair, as a Mormon mom, I had no context for that. And it was more of a protective mode, mm-hmm. right? It was like, don't bring that crap to me because I'm going to protect him. And why are you saying that? Mm-hmm. So it was the same weekend. It was Sunday, and we went to church. We came home, and my husband took our son for a drive. He would usually, if he wanted to talk to one of our kids, we'd say, let's go learned to drive in the snow. So that's what they did on November 6, 2011. And, and, um, we had tons of people at our house, which we often do on a Sunday. And I remember passing my husband in the kitchen and saying, did you talk to him? And he looked at me and said, Oh yes. And I knew the mm-hmm. answer. And I was just like, you have to tell him he has to tell me, you know? Yeah. <laughs> which, you know, now I know you're not supposed to do that, but I could not, pretend like I didn't know. Right. Mm-hmm. And so later on that night, um, Hunter, you know, we came up into a sitting room off of our bedroom and he told us, well, I told my husband again and me sitting there and to be honest, I just cried <laughs> and I sobbed.
1: Yeah.
0: And I didn't get a lot of sleep that night, but it wasn't really that my son, came out and then I just found out that one of my children is gay, but mostly because I had, um, no game plan for this, like I had nothing. And so I immediately started researching like the church's stance, you know, and Mm -hmm. that brought no comfort to me. It, It, it was horrific to be honest. Um, I questioned my parenting if I had done this, you know, um,
1: did you give it any it thought? Just, did you give any thought to the 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 fact that he would, um, want, he would because of uh, his sexuality that he would struggle more? Did that scare you at all?
0: Um, the thing that scared me or that left me having so much pain is that this plan that Mormons have and most Orthodox religions do have was all of a sudden not available to my son because he was created differently.
3: Yeah.
0: So that um, gave me a lot of angst. It wasn't that my son was gay, but it was that as his mother, I now did not have a plan. And I remember like, okay, if we're gonna get super serious here, but sort of funny too, let me tell you. <laughs> well, let me tell you about the Jill Roe of the HE days. <laughs> When he came out, I was like, I had this great idea that we could all be celibate. <laughs> <laughs> I can spit your water because you I'm like... I just if my husband and me and, and my son were celibate that, oh, you know, that would be all really good. Like, that's an awesome plan. <laughs> Holy crap. Not so good. Like, this is just, I guess these stories sort of... um Remind us how crazy we can get in times as humans when we don't have the answers, right? Yeah. For things.
2: So, what was the celibacy going to solve?
0: <laughs> well, in the Mormon church, you know, you can be gay, but you have to be celibate. Yeah. Gotcha. So, he, he'd still oh. be part of the plan. He'd still oh, be gotcha.
1: He, he fits part into part your puzzle.
0: The, the puzzle he piece would...
2: works. Yeah.
0: Right, and if we expected that of him, then why couldn't we also do that?
2: Also oh, y'all were gonna be something, yeah? Too. No, it's it, <laughs> like no,
3: solidarity.
0: No, they were not. They were not. They did not like my idea at all, which is rude.
3: <laughs> you know what? <laughs> which is rude. It is so funny because that it, that does play out in so many of these religions. That then the the individual or the parent is is asking an individual to give up all sex expression as somehow yeah. to stay inside of the, the fold. Pretend, kind of done it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Hey, Bennett, I love that cute purple shirt you're wearing. It's royal blue. Yes, royal blue. And I love that Gayly Dose logo on it. Where'd you get it? At thegaylydose.com. We now have merch. And we have all
1: kinds of stuff. Hats, shirts. I even got a doggy bandana for Miss Stella. Oh, Miss Stella's so pretty. Love me some good merch. Yep, just go to thegailydose.com.
0: And then, you know, another dark, dark period, which I'm not so proud of as I remember driving with Hunter and thinking in my head if we could just go off this cliff, Mm. I could save him. Mm.
3: And is that an association of death being a freeing thing?
0: Yes, we believe in so much more afterlife and that this is forever. and That's such a that's such a dark and inappropriate thought because i think that's why suicide is so high within like highly religious kids because you know all these expectations to put on them to somehow have god approve of them is just completely bull shiz (laughs)
2: because
0: god loves us all Yeah. if there's a god he loves us all period there's no like explanation there's no like nothing you have to do so this is just i'm just trying to portray a little bit how crazy i was before which i thought i was normal i also would ask my son like probably for the first year this is so insane insane but i would say can i just carry you around my pocket <laughs> he's like he didn't get that but i thought just
1: to like protect mother, him at all times
0: yeah, if I could just carry him around his pocket. And keep the gaze
1: mom. away. <laughs> keep well, the
0: gays away. Just life, just Sw- and, right? and him, right? Swat him away. Yeah, so anyway, one day I remember him just saying, you know, mom, you can't keep me in your pocket. And it was symbolic more than anything. It was a silly little thing I'd say, but I realized <clears throat> I could not keep him in my pocket. Yeah. Now I do have to share with the audience that fortunately for me, It didn't, I I did do a lot of insane things and say some really weird things, but I really was comforted from the beginning from something bigger than all of this, that my son is created perfectly. And that in Mormonism, we believe that, you know, we didn't start life when we were born, but before this, and that we actually fought for the right to come to earth and I just had this strong impression that that's true. My son was there too. And he fought for all his freedoms and all the things, you know, that I also have as a straight woman. So I I was not in angst because I had a gay son, like I think I've mentioned, but mostly be trying to create now a new reality for him and a new hope and a new way that he could... Um, proceed through life. You know, as I say that, I'm like, that's sort of pompous because he was (laughs) 17 and I'm sure he could figure out his own life, right?
3: But you know what's so cool about that? Your AG, right? The period of AG, you had to map this out. And I think as a mom, that's responsible. You wanted your family to still be a knit unit that could function together and not have to leave this one outside. So I think that it's not selfish, it's loving. you're being a mom yeah in the best way
0: sometimes we do a lot of crazy things in the in the name of love right yeah
3: Yeah.
1: yes we do so how did that relationship evolve over time
0: um with me and my son
1: yeah
0: oh yeah we're just like mother and son i think you know it sounds like it sounds
1: like you're pretty close now
0: no yeah he lives at home just when the when the pandemic started last year he's a student at the u and he's in a dance company has a lot of little things going on we just said come home we don't know what's going to happen so um yeah i i feel like this particular child and i have a lot in common like our personalities and the way we maneuver through life are a lot alike and then yet very different I don't know that sounds weird but I do feel like we get each other
2: that makes a lot of sense me and my mom are the same way Mm -hmm. um talking about your ag period how did you get involved with the group mama dragons
0: okay so ag for after gay so (laughs) you know okay so this was me on a daily daily day and I'd get up I'd go down to the computer and I would, and I knew nothing about technology, as you gentlemen know, I'm not even that good these days. Took us forever to figure this out. I would just pull up Google anything I could, right? And um, we had a daughter living with us at the time, which is sort of funny. Uh, I was crying all the time, like if the wind blew by me, or if I woke up in the morning, anytime I was crying. <laughs> my daughter was super worried about me she's like mom what's going on what's going on i'm like i can't tell you i can't share with you also
2: no one else in the family knew that he was gay just you and your no. husband oh at this whole yes. point oh wow Ugh. oh yes. wow!
0: and so my my daughter and her husband had spent a summer in peru and they came and lived with us for a little while to get back on their feet financially and this is when this all happened and um she was so concerned about me but I was showering one day and she went down the computer and, because I'm not very good, there were like 100 (laughs) tabs. (laughs) And I thought she had like the Holy Spirit with her because she's like, Mom, I know why you're so sad. And I'm like, why? And she goes, Hunter's gay. And I'm like, how did you know?
1: (laughs) Oh, so he got outed from your internet search search history. All of that. When, when usually gay boys get uh, outed because of their porn history (laughs) from
0: themselves.
2: It was 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 your search history.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We have six children, and all five kids have been completely supportive on board totally love hunter you know we're all human and we all bug each other but we are a family union unit and i can honestly say i cannot be prouder of my children and how they have stood up for their brother yeah and um that was just a really I was glad that she knew, cause she was living in the home and it was a relief to her. Cause she honestly thought like I had cancer or right. oh, no. <laughs> and I were getting divorced. So or- it was actually
1: best that she found that.
0: Yeah. So yeah. Look, just out of
1: curiosity, is he the youngest?
0: No, he's okay. the, um, so it's two girls and three boys and he's the middle of the three boys. And okay. then I have a young daughter.
1: Got it. Okay, sorry, you were in the middle of the story of how you got involved with the organization.
0: No, that's it. And then I slowly started going to some uh, conferences like Affirmation and which is an LGBTQ, like a Mormon thing for the LGBT community and and the allies, you know? And so I just, anything I could find. And I reached out to a gentleman uh, Mitch Maine in the Bay Area he was Mormon and he was in a bishopric and I reached out to him and we talked and then he he set me up with the mom in at the time she lived in California Wendy Montgomery and then slowly we just had this little network of women like eight to ten of us um, that would always talk and 11 o'clock at night we would get on that little pm on facebook like that private message Mm -hmm. and we would just dump everything that had happened to us what was happening with our leaders what was happening with our kids just we used lots of swear words we just (laughs) (laughs) it was a place we were completely safe because in this space um unfortunately you are not safe a lot of the times, talking to your leaders in the church, or other members, or other family members, no one gets it like another parent that has an LGBTQ mm-hmm. kid. Yeah, and that you know, and that's true. No matter how supportive that parent is, they understand, and
2: um, they know what you're going through.
0: Yeah, they get the journey, and so anyway, so all these women, we started meeting like in person. I I finally set up like a little retreat in St. George. So I said, this is silly. We're all talking, but a lot of us have never even met. So we went there and one of the women in this group, her name's Meg, and when her son came out, she went into the closet and she prayed and she just got this impression. I'm not a mama bear, I'm a mama dragon. And that's her story to tell, but that's how, that's how we came up with the- Wait, she, she
2: went with- in the closet? Like, like, to like, to pray. Pray. Like, like to pray, child. Like, went into her closet. Like to
3: pray. Like, you close the door and you're in your closet and you pray. Do people like, pr- pray her, in the closet?
0: She came yes. out and then she went in and then she prayed and she's like, and that's where the term mama dragons came from.
2: So it was like, it was almost like she was meant to be a mama dragon.
0: Oh, she's she's a badass. Yep. Hi, <laughs> I love her. <laughs> <laughs> yes,
2: she's Meg.
0: Yes. We love our Meg. But she, um, so we asked her, Can, do you is it okay if we like use that name too, you know, Mama Dragons? And so we just sort of all adopted that name. And to be honest, it was just this group of women that found support and understanding and comfort from each other. And then, um, every time someone would reach out to us, you know, we would go and meet them in person and then add them to the group to make sure they were safe. You know, we wanted our group to be safe. Mm -hmm. We didn't want anybody in there that was going to be a troll or, because we shared a lot of vulnerable things, but then they, uh, th- a few of the women did a article in the Tribune, and then our group went nuts, so crazy that we had to close down the original group for a while and decide what like we good were nuts
2: doing. or bad nuts. Like they bad lost nuts. it. Pardon. Good. Was nuts. it like good nuts or were they like did they lose it like bad nuts? Like they just went crazy?
0: No, it was it was good. To know that there were that many women that needed support. Ah, that's beautiful. You know, but on the other hand, we also wanted to protect those women already in the group, Mm -hmm. and so we navigated through all of that. I think I was going to look. I think the Mama Dragons. If you pull them up on Facebook, but I mean, thousands and thousands of members now all over the world.
2: Oh wow! So you're like a founding mother almost, like the Mama Dragons. That's awesome.
0: (laughs) way too much credit. I was just one of those great, those women that needed support. And I always tell everyone, I, I don't, I feel like the timing was right. I feel like if it wasn't me, it would have been another woman. I just feel like God was waiting for this moment in time. And, you know, it's probably happening in other Orthodox religions where these moms are connecting and they're getting empowered that my children is born perfectly. That's, mm-hmm. There is no mistake here. That is beautiful.
2: I love that. I really do.
0: So that's how the Mama Dragon started. It's really, it's evolved into, um, now it's a group open to all denominations of women. So anyone can join that group. It's also a nonprofit. So it's heavily involved in education and so much, so much, so many good things, um, And they have a big leadership. They have a, along with the um, board, they have leadership committees. And I must say that if I took a poll of the Mama Dragons back, you know, in 2014, 2015, where it was, where it began, um, so many of us had served missions for the church, had been in leadership callings, had, I mean, the church is really good at creating leaders. And so I'm always sort of amazed because what do you do with us women now? (laughs) Because you created us, right? Mm
3: -hmm. (laughs) Now now you know how to lead. Well, it's interesting because I actually think that that might be part of the plan. And meaning, yeah. I think there's a certain amount of, and I'm really just speaking from the heart. I think there's a certain amount of wisdom that you've been given through this experience, and you become a leader of other mothers. As much as you were at the right place, you took the right steps to support the yep. group. And I just, oh, I didn't realize how to, what a good mama you are. But you are, uh, because it, then that group of mothers become mothers to other mothers, and it's just beautiful. I'm curious about your podcast. Then you kind of you 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 did a great job in that effort and then you've created this this new podcast can you tell us about that
0: yeah so first of all i have to give a shout out to spencer wright he is the producer at a studio called the pod mill in downtown salt lake city so this is how my the podcast came to be um one of one of his uh, persons at the time that was doing his marketing knew one of my daughters and told Spencer, you should have this lady on for to be a guest or to have a podcast. So she asked me if I'd be interested. And I'm like, well, of course, I'd want my own podcast, but I was just being smart. I was just trying to be, just trying to be super like, ha ha ha. And the next thing I know I'm sitting, you know, at a luncheon with Spencer, right. And and he's serious. And um, I just have such a great love and, and respect for Spencer. At the time that he asked me to do this, he actually was in a bishopric, right? All those listeners. So Mormon churches are formed in wards. It's where you live. And then there's a bishop called that's sort of over that congregation. And then he has two counselors. So Spencer was a counselor in a bishopric. And he asked me if I would do this and I, to be honest, was a little intimidated. And I thought, man, your joke has got you into some trouble here. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about it and I told you know Spencer, I go, here's the conditions. Number one, I have complete control of my guests. Number two, my guests are not censored. Mm. I am not censored because I have felt I've been censored. Um, by the church in, in different ways and that's a, another story for another day but I, I do feel like my guests so many have shared their stories with family or church leaders or whatever and, and those people trying to manipulate or get them to change their story or to say oh but if you do this then everything will be okay or giving unwanted advice and so I said we'll do this and the stories are going to be raw and they're not going to a lot of them aren't going to be that comfortable, you know, they're going to leave us in tears. But I'll do it if, if they're uncensored and we we don't edit. So with that being said, I mean, we edit extra ums or spaces. Um, my sound producer, give a shout out to Eliza. Um, it's also part of the queer community. And me and her just have this secret bond um, in that studio. I can't describe it but we both feel it and it's just like such an amazing, amazing, amazing um, privilege to sit with these incredible souls.
1: Oh, I love this. This is, that's awesome. So what's the name of the podcast?
0: So it's called Human Stories with Jill Hazard Rowe. And I just wanted to give another shout out to Spencer because he does this without, I don't pay a dime. Wow. He, this studio is beautiful downtown. If you gentlemen do come, we need to go check out the studio. Um,
3: I'm down. He
0: charges charges me nothing. He feels like these stories need to be told. And um, I am so grateful because, you know, if you had to put your own money, it could be done. But just to know that I have his um, support in so many ways means the world to me.
2: Oh, that's awesome! That. Well,
1: I'm glad we're te- we're helping to tell your story because
3: I think your story is amazing.
1: Your story yeah. is
2: incredible. Like I'm, I've been moved by your
3: story. You should have been shook. I gotta tell you the truth. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know how often this is said in in uh, Mormon churches, but I really do believe that the truth sets you free. And the reality is, is that people are actually scared of the real truth. And whether it's on our podcast, your podcast, the more we say the real stories, and and make us look at the real truth, is the way that will change. So I applaud you for taking up the banner to yet again do more in your community as a super mama dragon. Yes, <laughs> super mama dragon. Um, Jill, uh, we have a, a, a question here at the, at the towards the close of our of our episodes where we talk about your vision or wish for the queer community, um, something that you would just embolden and enlighten our dolls to to reach for or to strive for, to think about as they consider the future. Um, I don't know what you'd like to share, but we'd love to hear you. Oh
0: my goodness, that's that's a huge order there. Um, I, I don't think I'm the person to speak for the community, but I'll speak for myself and my role in this. And although the word ally is so beautiful, I always sort of shy away from that. I want my LGBT or my queer friends and family and the community at large to know I'm a safe place. I want them, if they come to my home or call and say, hey, let's go out to dinner. I mean, to me it's the friendship it's the me to me it's the things i've learned that has changed my heart and my soul forever in such positive and good ways i mean i personally have to thank the community for that for mm. for schooling me for sitting with me and for allowing me to make mistakes
1: yeah, that's just amazing yeah i I just i I'm a, I'm a son of a a mother who struggles between being a good mom and then being a religious mom so i completely kind of understand where you're coming from there and that's that's such a i think that's just beautiful and amazing that you kind of threw it back on us and just <laughs> just instead of just instead of telling us how to change you told us how much we've changed you and then i think that's beautiful
0: i yeah, and I, and, and I guess my hope for the future is that coming out is, is just as common as having brown eyes or blue eyes. There's just no, let's just get on, you know, life is short. Let's get on like, and we say love, love each other. But, you know, that's really hard. I mean, loving each other means we have to sit in each other's stories and sit in each other's spaces. And, and you have to listen, sit in my space, too, you know, like the love has to be both ways, right? Yeah. Because we're all so imperfect but I think our sexuality or identity should have nothing um, to say about our profound relationships that we can make with one another. I mean, life is pretty beautiful.
2: Question, you said as common as brown eyes or blue eyes. I've never heard that reference. What's brown eyes and blue eyes?
3: Brown eyes, eyes, <laughs> blue eyes, girl. Blue
2: eyes, I thought that was a saying. I was like, well, what does that mean? Dante, I- <laughs>
0: Used on so much I was so confused. I was like, What?
3: Even, I was listen, like, I've, I've I, only had clear eyes. In one episode he thought Ice. there he thought there were thirty seven doors it on an airplane. Like, airplane.
1: <laughs> he goes, Wait, there are thirty seven doors on an oh airplane? My gosh.
2: I You're was done really done.
0: lost for a second there. <laughs> With like green eyes blue eyes now
2: i get it now i get it i was like i've only ever had clear eyes i am literally dead i am dead <laughs> too. i am
0: dead it's, it's all good. good i thought
2: it was a mormon thing i don't know maybe salt lake city Joe. because i was like kamu obviously gets it <laughs> i love you
3: dante i oh
1: love you
0: girl
3: thank you so much jill you have made us laugh awesome. you have made us cry yeah. you have made us reflect and um and can i just add
0: one thing of course because now I'm all about myself. No, I'm only kidding. I just I want to give a, a shout out to those that don't feel like they have family support, and also perhaps parents that are listening that really find this difficult. It's the hard thing to do, but I encourage everyone to stay at the table, particularly to people that matter to you. I've talked to I've talked to a lot of. Um, Gay young men in particular that their parents haven't been so accepting and I always encourage them, stay at the table, stay at the table. If you can, for you know, if your mental health suffers, don't stay at the table, mm-hmm. but if you can, stay at the table. And I've seen so many times the outcome is quite beautiful, you know? It's quite beautiful. Like, like sometimes the hardest things in life are the most rewarding if we're able
3: to stick in there. Mm-hmm. I
2: love that hashtag stay at the table.
3: Yeah. Hashtags. That's great. That, um, that is also encouraging. Cause as I just like Bennett, I am in a very similar situation and I am in it to win it, not to win, a, to win anything, but to stick in it. Right. Um, yeah. cause we have an opportunity to be a generational, Factor, right like just because my parents or my parents doesn't mean i can't parent them as a child to some degree which means teaching them something right and exactly. I know i know our, we learn from our kids all the time right
0: <laughs> yeah and in the meantime that's where the mama dragon step into and so many other incredible men and women that are there to befriend and encourage and be an ally so you all better send me a request on Facebook. I'm Absolutely, <laughs> we sure. will get
3: it done. We will get it done. we are
0: friends now for life. Yes, we are, like yes, honey, it. yes. It's been
3: great. Thank you so much, Jill. We appreciate you greatly, and, and we're so glad you spent time with us today. And I'll, um, rem- thank you. And I remind you, dolls, um, once you've learned to love yourself, please, we need you to learn to love everybody else. Thanks so much. We'll talk to
2: you next week. Adios.